From Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes. We break down the big political news affecting Wisconsin. I'm Ayan Silver, speaking with J.R. Ross, editor of wispolitics.com. He provides a roundup of the Wisconsin developments you need to know. Here's our latest conversation. Hi, J.R., nice to talk to you. Oh, same here. So it's been about a week since the state Supreme Court primary election. Conservative former Supreme Court Justice Daniel Kelly pushed through along with liberal judge Janet Protasiewicz. There were more than 950,000 votes cast, and that basically broke records and expectations. What does this tell you about this race? Well, one, it's the money that's going into this race, and two, the excitement. I mean, to put in perspective, the number of people turned out in the primary, the primary in February of 2023, was more than voted in the 2015 April election for the Supreme Court to decide who won the race. Um, And the money has been just amazing. I went through and calculated about $9.2 million spent through the primary. To put that in perspective, the record for spending in a Supreme Court race for the entire campaign in Wisconsin is $9.8 million. We are already, we've already shattered that in the day since the primary. We are going to more than likely top the national record of $15 million spent for a single Supreme Court campaign. And the question is, how high is it going to go? And that money is going to help drive turnout. It gets people excited. They see the ads. They're getting the phone calls to try and get them to turn out and vote. I mean, it's all interrelated in terms of what's going on with this election. What are you looking for already seeing from the candidates to capitalize on this? It's going to be a six-week sprint. We're actually less than six weeks out. So the question is, who's going to spend the most and how's it going to be the most effectively used? You know, looking at this race already, we're seeing themes about abortion, Uh, That's going to be a heavy theme on the liberal side. The conservative side is trying to disqualify, or to say which is soft on crime, really going after on that, trying to drive a message that she'll put her thumb on the scale of justice and, you know, not be a fair and impartial uh, jurist, but somebody who is going to try to rule a certain way politically because of her personal beliefs. You know, we'll see if that works, but it looks like right now conservatives have some work to do to catch up financially what liberals are putting up in this race. Well, you know, it seems to be Kelly's platform you mentioned being soft on crime, but also that Protosewitz will, you know, supposedly legislate from the bench and that it's a danger to the rule of law to elect her. While on the other hand, she's trying to, like you said, explicitly mobilize voters around abortion, around redistricting. Do you think one approach has a better tendency or chance of rallying the prospective basis? You know, years ago, judges kind of shy, didn't want that kind of like label of, oh, um, they're going to uh, rule a certain way, or they really try to go their way to avoid uh, that knock. But, you know, I I had a conversation with a a Democratic source last week who said, look, post Dobbs, which overturned Roe v. Wade, voters on the Democratic side want a result. They they want to know if I vote this way, I'm going to get X result. I don't want to light step around what I'm looking for. They want a justice who's going to vote to overturn that ban on abortion. It's going to motivate certain people who feel that way. The question is, will it turn off voters or will it motivate conservatives to an equal extent who don't want to see a jurist like that? That's a big question in this race, but there is no doubt that abortion is going to be a huge issue. I know conservatives are already kind of like chafing at the amount of attention put on it, but when it's such a heavy focus in the ad, you can't ignore that issue in this race. Well, it's kind of an illusion to think that we haven't known what current or other justices or former justices have thought about things. In fact, even in this race, Justice Kelly, 
Former Justice Kelly was paid more than $120,000 from the state GOP to advise about election integrity and the slate of presidential electors that was fake. Um, So voters can still know about a candidate's politics, even though the most they'll say is that they'll follow the Constitution. Oh, yeah. I mean, we used to be a little bit bit more discreet about trying to, like, play these niceties, these kind of, like, you know, try not to be explicitly partisan, but that's that's not happening. I mean, honestly, the Republican Party of Wisconsin was ahead of the Democratic Party and get involved in Supreme Court campaigns years ago. They started putting money into races and really got involved. The Democratic Party was somewhat hesitant for a while of getting involved, sometimes because the candidates didn't want them to. But that has totally changed. The Democratic Party has fully embraced its uh, options in Supreme Court campaigns. Uh, again, they're going to put big money in a pro se, which in their ground game to help her win. It is going to be a partisan race. Bank two ways about it this spring. Has there been any precedent for Protosewitz's outspokenness on issues like in Wisconsin or around the country? That's a good question. Uh, you know, and you know, when she talks about these issues, she says, I'm showing you my values, but I'm not going to tell you how I'm going to rule. I don't know if people necessarily believe that she's not signaling at least a good idea of how she's going to rule. But then you have liberals who say, well, look, you know, Dan Kelly has got a, a history with anti-abortion groups. How is he really going to say he's going to just, you know, apply the law as is and not vote a certain way on abortion. You know, we'll see. It's just an interesting, it's, it's, the evolution continues. The Supreme Court campaigns, where when I first started doing this job a long time ago, all we talked about was, you know, my judicial philosophy and who's endorsed me. Now we're getting more explicit about, you know, positions and issues and really kind of honing in on those kinds of things. And of course, there are two candidates who didn't make it through to the general election. That's Judge Jennifer Doro and Judge Everett Mitchell of Madison. From what you know, do you think their supporters will get, you know, basically get behind the victorious candidates? Uh, you know, Mitchell only got about seven and a half percent. It's going to be interesting to watch where his supporters do. Um, I know there was some kind of uh, just a little bit of happiness in, among some black voters and, and activists about how this campaign played out and the attention paid or not paid to Everett Mitchell. Plus two, you know, there's also a, a social justice wing in the Democratic Party that's really happy about seeing, you know, tough on crime ads, feeling like those kinds of things aren't really good for their ultimate aims about a fair justice system in their minds. So we'll see if there's some chafing there. But the bigger question is over on the conservative side because there's a much bigger split in the conservative vote. If you look at the turnout uh, from Tuesday and pockets of where things went well for conservatives. I mean, Waukesha County was a good county for conservatives. They got kind of like the number they need in a general election between the, the share of the vote for Kelly and Doro combined versus what Portisewicz and Mitchell polled. The question, though, is, you know, Doro is homegrown talent for Waukesha County, a judge in that county, really got a lot of attention because of Waukesha Christmas Parade trial. Do those Doro voters, do they gravitate toward Kelly? Um, abortion is going to be a big issue, whether there's a one or two or not that's going to come up. Is Kelly going to have a good answer on the abortion? Can he talk about that issue in a way that pulls back into the conservative side those kind of suburban professional women who have been driven away from Republican politics by Donald Trump and the abortion issue? It's going to be a huge, a huge task for him. And on that note about thinking about suburban Republican women and, uh, you know, another big election in southeastern Wisconsin is the 8th Senate District. There was a special election last Tuesday. Representative Dan Knodel of Germantown is moving forward to face Democratic candidate Jody Sinekin. 
Democrats were trying to flip that primary towards Janelle Branchin. What does Knodel's win tell you about that district and that race going forward? Well, one, it's not as Trumpy as some Republicans worried it might be. I mean, Janelle Branchin got endorsed by Trump the days ahead of the election. Um, She's well known for her Trump connections, and she only got more than a fourth of the vote. That's not great uh, when you're a sitting lawmaker in that district who's, I mean, your, your district makes up a third of the seat, right? So that's not great. Um, but two, there was a lot of establishment Republican money trying to help Canodal. Uh, from what I counted up, more than a quarter million dollars, either pro Canodal spending or anti-branch in spending. We had one group, uh, the Republican State Leadership Committee, uh, that was doing ads that were behind Canodal. Uh, Senate Major Leader Devin Lemmy happens to be on the executive committee of that group. So it kind of gives you an idea where the establishment was in this primary. Also, there was a, a couple groups tied to Adam Kinzinger, who's a Republican, former congressman from Illinois, big Trump critic. Uh, those groups did some anti-branch and stuff. Kind of tells you the establishment was not was hoping she would not get through. And the question that raises, it is not a swing seat. This is like a 55% Republican seat. Is it going to perform like it normally would come April or is the Supreme Court race going to drown out that campaign? Is it, is it going to be about abortion in that race? I mean, it's a suburban Milwaukee seat. This is a place where Tim Michaels got 51.5% of the vote in November when he was kind of hit a lot on his abortion stance. If that becomes a big issue in that race and Democrats are going to try to make it one, maybe it creates an opportunity to win that seat. But even talking to Democrats, they're like, look, this is not you know the best terrain for us. It's going to be tough. There's a chance... It's just not a very wide path to winning that seat in April. All right. Well, thanks for the analysis, JR. And thank you for joining me on Capital Notes. Anytime. That was JR Ross of WISPolitics.com speaking with me, WUWM's Ayan Silver. Listen for our segments every Monday with an extended segment on Lake Effect. And check out the Capital Notes podcast wherever you get your podcasts. 